Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bills-Dolphins game on Sunday will determine who wins the AFC East. If the Bills don't win that game, though, Goldhammer. Yeah. They may not make a postseason altogether. So they're in the weird position of, hey, you can finish second, the second seed in the entire AFC, or, you know, not be part of it at all. (laughs) Exactly. So this is a big game. Now, they're going to know, right, Amber, by the time the game kicks off, there's a chance they will have clinched a playoff spot by that point. Right. That's true. And Miami knows that if they lose, they're in the playoffs regardless. All of this has to do with complicated tiebreakers and conference records. And But look, it feels like a conference championship game in, in football, right? Because if you're a wild card and you have to go on the road, and it's going to start in Kansas City for whoever the loser of this is, and maybe you're able to win that game, but then you've likely got to go play this team again. The road to the Super Bowl from a wild card spot is very difficult. So it feels like one of these two teams is going to be a Super Bowl contender, and it's the one that wins this game that will earn the right to call themselves that. Yeah, there are different scenarios for the Bills. The, the Dolphins in either way. For the Bills, they, they clinch the AFC East title with a win. The Bills can clinch a playoff berth, period. If Buffalo ties the game with Miami, if Pittsburgh loses or ties its game, if Jacksonville loses or ties its game, or if Houston and Indianapolis tie in their game, then in all of those scenarios, even with Buffalo losing this thing, Buffalo would still get into the postseason. Am I a bad person for wanting lots of ties this weekend just so all these tie scenarios can come into effect? It is hilarious if there's and there hasn't been a tie this season in the NFL. If there was a week for it, this would be the week because every time we go through all of these playoff scenarios as we head into week 18, we yeah. always include the ties and the ties yeah. don't happen. I would love if that we need like three ties just yes. for chaos. So, so everybody's re- scrambling then to go to the back end of those scenarios <laughs> exactly. to figure out what the heck happened. So, and then Amber, remember a couple years ago, the Chargers could have made it with a tie. And they had the tie. They could just take a knee Uh and clinch the tie, which made the playoffs. And Brandon Staley was like, nope, tie and eight for me. He went for the win and then ended up losing the game uh, because the Raiders got the ball back and went down. And they, I think, had already made the playoffs. It was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in professional sports. Still the head coach of Los Angeles Chargers. He's he's not. He's fired. Giff Smith. Fired. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Gone. Where have you been? Yeah. Remember that great Raiders game? You remember when they he scored? Was, he was like a hundred thousand points. He was the head coach. Yeah, he he gone. He was the head coach. Yeah, uh, he gone. Uh, he, Amber and Ian Hamber tonight, as we like to call ourselves, is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit progressivecommercial.com. Hammer Nation nineteen is how you find Aaron Goldhammer filling in tonight for Ian. At Amber W Sports is how you find me. So let's get back to this Bills Dolphins conversation, though, because 
regardless of how this thing ends up in terms of a playoff berth for the Bills. Obviously, you mentioned there from the Miami Dolphins perspective, even though they're in a postseason either way, your path to a Super Bowl it looks a lot different whether you end up winning this division and the second seed in that conference or not. However, the Dolphins are unbelievably banged up. And I'm not saying that as a Dolphins fan to crank up the excuse machine. It's just actually the reality of where the Dolphins are at at the worst time for injuries to come. Every team is somewhat banged up. The Dolphins more than the average. 19 players right now on their injury report. 19. That includes people like the backup quarterback and Mike White who just surfaced on the injury report because of a shoulder injury to his throwing arm. Tua is on that injury report, although expected to play because of a left shoulder injury as well. That's also a throwing arm and a quadriceps injury. You've got Jalen Ramsey on that report. You've got now Bradley Chubb gone for the season, tore his ACL. Xavier Howard might be out for that game. Roheem Mostert, those guys aren't practicing right now. Jalen Waddle, I mean, really key pieces for this Miami Dolphins team included yeah. in these 19 names as we head into right. what feels like an, it's not a must-win game for the Miami Dolphins, but it almost feels like a must-win game in terms of your Super Bowl hopes. I, I would agree with that, and I think some of the injuries are on them. Like, what was Bradley Chubb doing still in that game against the Ravens when he got hurt? I'd question Mike McDaniel on that. Um, they do have Tua, though, Amber, relatively healthy. That was the guy that we were the most concerned about getting hurt back at the beginning of the year. Could he make it through a full season? Well, it looks like he's going to be the starter for all 17 games. Jalen Waddle, their speed, obviously, is very important to them. But I think the even bigger key for Miami in this game is they have to show some toughness. They have to play a little defense. And they need to force some turnovers because they are playing against a very turnover-prone team and quarterback. And I feel like their path to winning involves like three or four takeaways and maybe even a defensive score. They don't have to stop the Bills. I just think they have to take the ball away when they're on defense. They do have to do that, and certainly they need a much better defensive showing than we saw for the Miami Dolphins against the Baltimore Ravens because there's only so much you can expect from your offense if your defense is going to have that kind of performance. Now, again, very beat up. Bradley Chubb, another huge loss for this Dolphins defense. Vic Fangio, he is the Dolphins defensive coordinator. He spoke about trying to defend Josh Allen. Allen's just a beast of a guy, a physical specimen, you know, like John Elway was in the mid-80s to the mid-90s. This guy is the new John Elway on steroids. And I don't mean he's taking steroids. <laughs> he's just bigger, faster, um, cannon for an arm, tough. You know, he's he's a dude. He's a dude. Uh, I, you know, I'm I listen, obviously I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm supposed to be a Bills hater, but I'm I'm always been a big fan of Josh Allen because I just think he's electric to watch. You, you you live and die by the big throws and by the risk taking and sometimes you you die by it if you're if you're a sure. Bills fan because there's a lot of interceptions right. involved in the Josh Allen experience. That's what 
the Dolphins have to force. The Dolphins have to make the Bills uncomfortable so that Josh Allen goes out in full Josh Allen, just bleep to the wall mode, right? Where he is just out there slinging it in ways that he should not be slinging it into coverages that he should not be throwing that football into. If you're the Dolphins, that is your whole goal is to put him in that scenario where we see reckless Josh Allen rather than excellent Josh Allen. So Amber, I would not have expected Vic Fangio to give the Bills any bulletin board material there. So I think part of the strategy is you butter up the opponent, right? Oh, this guy, he's John Elway on steroids. Well, I don't know. John Elway is one of the great quarterbacks in NFL history. I would not put Josh Allen, who's been to one conference championship game in his career, quite in that category. And the other problem with him, I mean, the Bills' best chance to score a touchdown is when Josh Allen throws the ball. You could also say in this game that the Dolphins, some of their best chances to score a touchdown in this game is when Josh Allen throws the ball. Like, Vic Fangio won't come out and say this, but part of the reason why the Bills have a chance to win the division is that their quarterback is so electric. But part of the reason why they didn't clinch this division long ago is because their quarterback cannot stop turning the ball over. And my guess is we're going to see some of both, okay, on Saturday night. Because I think, as you said, the pressure is going to be ramped up on him. You know, this is Sunday night football. This is the division champ. It's one of the biggest games of his career. For Tua, I would say, and Amber, you'd feel this better than me, biggest game of his career? Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, this is the biggest game that I feel like the Dolphins have played in the last 20 years because, oh, by the way, it's been multiple decades since the Dolphins have even won a, a playoff, playoff game. game to find themselves right. and, and in a divisional year, round. Last year, they played in the playoffs with Skylar Thompson, so you couldn't really right. say that that yeah. counted like it Yeah, I mean, like they were in was. a postseason, yes, but you're absolutely right. So here, now, Tua has a real opportunity in a very big moment and there just haven't been many of those. That's not even a Tua knock. I mean, obviously, he's been excellent. There just haven't been many of those big moments, frankly, in the last 20 years, period, long before Tua even got there. This is the moment. This is the moment to make a statement and actually win the division. Sure. I'm just saying that Josh Allen has proven that he can put up big numbers. I don't know that he's proven that he's a big game quarterback yet. Um, and well, Okay. I mean, maybe he played well in the 13 I seconds mean, he's game. he's had six. Right. He has yeah. had success and yeah. he's had success in a postseason. I think any quarterback who's had success in a postseason can claim I do get it done in the big moments. Um, this is, though, a spot for him really to kind of entrench himself in that upper tier just behind Mahomes of quarterback. Who do you trust in a big game more, Josh Allen or Lamar? Neither. Can I choose neither? I mean, here's the problem. We can make the same con- we can have the same conversation about Lamar, right? right? I mean, those are two quarterbacks that have been much maligned for not getting it done in the biggest moments in the postseason. So yeah. both of those quarterbacks in that respect have something to prove. I guess if you made me, maybe I'd actually take Allen in that in that scenario. But I don't huh. I don't love it. I don't love my options there either way. Neither of them are Patrick Mahomes right now. Now all of no, that can but change nobody, nobody this is. postseason. Yeah. Right, nobody is. But all of that can change this postseason with both of those quarterbacks because both of those quarterbacks are excellent quarterbacks in terms of the regular season. So is Tua Tungavaloa. Now, as a Dolphins fan, I'm a little nervous because Tyreek Hill, and thankfully everybody is all right, but he had yeah. that fire Jeez. at his beautiful house scary. in Southwest Ranches. Very, yeah. very scary. 
Uh, it's being reported that it was, I believe, a young child playing with a lighter and, and everybody ate, was oh. able to get out. Thank God everybody was able to get out of that house. Tyreek Hill obviously did not practice because of it that day. He had to leave the Dolphins facility because of the fire, but he showed up to the fire. And of course, there's a bunch of press because... It's Tyreek Hill's house that's burning and he showed up in a walking boot and he's in his walking boot from leaving the facility and rushing there to be with his wife and his kids. And then the story becomes he's in a walking boot as we head towards the Bills game. I don't know what that means, but I will say as a Dolphins fan, all of these injuries plus Tyreek in a walking boot, if it weren't for that, I would feel very confident because even though the Bills absolutely worked the Dolphins earlier in this season up there in Buffalo. The Dolphins are a different team at home. And also, I kind of like that. Like, I kind of like that McDaniel has an opportunity here to scheme and learn from that big-time loss in Buffalo, but I don't love the injury. So we'll eight, see how it plays nine, out. Right, Bills have won eight of their last nine against Miami, so Miami would obviously have to buck that trend. Right. Uh, and that means nothing to me because we've been terrible for the majority <laughs> of all of those matchups coming up next, though, might be coming up. We might be coming up to the end of the Bill Belichick era in New England. Things are getting even weirder with some of the rumors coming out of New England. We'll get into that. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. They're ugly in New England. Does it mean the end of the Bill Belichick run there? Or is he going to continue on in a different role? There's a lot of that, Goldhammer. There's a lot of, oh, well, huh. they should fire him as GM, but not as head coach. And will Bill Belichick even accept some sort of change like that? Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. That is Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Find him at Hammer Nation 19. You can find me, Amber Wilson, at Amber W Sports. So this idea that Bill would accept a different role, could you ever see it? Um, eh, not really. I, I think that he is of the mindset that he wants to do things his way, Amber. And I, I kind of feel like a lot of the momentum for him staying in New England comes from people just getting tired of talking about him leaving New England and so now everybody's just trying to zig or zag while everybody else is zigging you know they're trying to sort of just be contrarian it feels like the end I mean we've been through this enough in sports to know what the end feels like right you remember that last night last year when Aaron Rodgers walked off the field in Green Bay totally felt like the end 
This just feels like it is an appropriate ending. And I, I imagine that New England, especially if they win this game, there's going to be some real appreciation shown in New England for Bill Belichick. But I think what is smarter for him to do, as opposed to hiring some personnel guy or moving up to a front office role or something like that, what he's good at is coaching. And if I were him, I would want to go somewhere else with a better quarterback in a different situation, like Tom Brady did, break Shula's record, and still prove that I'm a really good coach. Because I think Bill Belichick is still a really good coach on game day. I just think offense and being a general manager are things that are not exactly right in his wheelhouse. I always think that taking a lesser role, you know, being demoted, taking even for, for players often we talk about this, right? A guy accepting a different role sure. in terms of the team or now you're a rotation player instead of a starter, whatever it may be. That right. transition, I think, in frankly all walks of life, whether you're an athlete, a coach, or just a CPA, whatever you do for a living, I feel like that is easier done when it's not at the same place that you've always been, right? Sure. So in other words, if you leave your company, if your company wants to demote you, and, you know, you're going from CEO to whatever, and they're demoting you, that's one thing. If you leave that company, though, and you go to a different company, and all of a sudden you have the lesser role, but it's an entirely new landscape, it feels a little more, bit more okay than it yeah. otherwise would. And, it, you know, it's like that with, with restructuring salaries, whatever it is, taking a pay cut, not getting your bonuses anymore, whatever it is. That feels like that would be applicable here, where Bill Belichick, him taking a smaller role, which I do think is the right move for the Patriots, because I don't think he's proven to be a, a good in terms of personnel right. the last bunch of years. I do think, though, that you would That's still being keep him kind. on as a coach. He's That's been being terrible. Kind. I'm trying ter- to be kind. He's been yes. terrible. He's been a terrible general manager. You've got to make a change there. And I just don't see how you can make the one change without the other with him still being there. Now, I do think that if he gets hired somewhere else, he's only the coach. So really, it all ends up the same way. It just feels different because it's not Robert Kraft as your owner and it's not actually happening in New England. Now, Matthew Slater. He is the Patriots special teamer. He was on football or he is going to be rather on football Sunday with Kevin Winter. You will be able to hear the entire conversation between Kevin Winter and Matthew Slater on the pregame show for Jets Patriots. That game will be right here on ESPN Radio coverage beginning at noon Eastern Sunday. We've got a double header here on ESPN Radio, Jets, Patriots, Bears, Packers. So you'll be able to hear that entire conversation. But here's a snippet of Matthew Slater on his coach's future. Look, we understand the nature of the NFL. It's a very fluid business. Um, you know, the one thing that's constant in this league is change. So um, I, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, the one thing that I've encouraged everyone around here to do this week is just enjoy the moments that we have, uh, enjoy the moments in the practice field, in the meeting room, and, and take time to appreciate, um, you know, the past and the present of what has happened here, um, and certainly coaches uh, right at the center of that. So, you know, I know I appreciate it, and I know a lot of guys around here do. And You know, we're going to go out and, and make sure we compete at our best on, on Sunday. Matthew Slater said all the right things, but everything that he just said there, Aaron, sounds like the end. Like everything that we hear from everybody when they talk about this Bill Belichick conversation, sure, it sounds like the end. Like you said, and just feels like it. Now you have this weird report out of the Boston Herald that Bill Belichick wanted to ride with Matt Patricia 
as the OC when he yeah. had handed him the play calling duties at OC last season. A, uh-huh. a, a dude who's very clearly a DC, not an OC, and and that he wanted to go ahead and, and continue forth with that system in 2023 and that it was Robert Kraft that said, no, we need the coaching staff changes. I don't know where these things are coming from. It feels like to me that Robert Kraft might be on a bit of like a – I don't know. Where is that? Right? Like, am I crazy to think like is Robert Kraft on a smear campaign of Bill Belichick? Let's just – Amber, let's leave it at – you know, it does feel like the end. And, you know, the the other thing that I'll point out here, I I hope – and Bill is not really one for sentiment, right? I mean, he – this week, is it going to be your last game, Bill? Oh, I'm focused on, you know, beating the Jets, you know, getting win number five on the season for us. I hope that uh, the fans have a sense by the end of the game, and my guess is they will, whether he's going to be staying or going. And my my belief is that he's going, not that I've done a tremendous amount of reporting on the issue from my couch in Cleveland, Ohio. But in a situation like this, I would like for the fans to be able to give Bill a proper send-off. Amber, it is probably in modern sports history, right there with Greg Popovich in San Antonio, as the best runs that a coach has ever had with a team. There are kids drinking beer in New England that have only known Bill Belichick as the head coach of the Patriots. They're 21 years old, and Bill Belichick is the only coach they've ever known. So it would be nice. I know maybe there'll be a press conference and a send-off and a trade and all of this is going to reveal itself. But it would be good if it is the last game if Bill could have just a moment with the fans because I think despite all the complaining and they've had a miserable season, this deserves to be a special moment. It's why I'm glad actually that we have this game even though it does not have any playoff implications. It feels like a game with historical significance for us here on ESPN Radio coming up coverage starting at noon on Sunday. Yeah, I, I don't I couldn't agree less. I, I don't think we're going to get any of that from him. Now, what I do think is we're going to get a motivated Belichick and a motivated Patriots team to try to win because everybody kind of thinks it's Bill's way out, you know, of New England. And that's the last game that we're ever going to see him as the head coach of that team. But I don't think we're going to get the moment that you're talking about because it's Belichick, because he's going to do the thing where really. he's so focused, you know, focus, football guy, focused, you know. But at the end of the game, at the end of the game, there's reporter. no next week to focus on. You're on to Cincinnati. Hey, it, doesn't, no. it's still, it doesn't matter. He's going to say he's focused. It's going to be access. No, it's gonna, I don't know. I'll deal with that when we get there right now. I'm just thinking about this win against the New York Jets. You know, and it'll be something like that. It, it I'd won't like be, to see a lighter side. Yeah, it might be asking you're not, too you're much. You're not going to get it. Like you got it. the joke about the my face, okay? He's starting to make little little funny jokes, okay? We'll probably see a much lighter bill when he's somewhere else, but I don't think we're going to see it in that game against the Jets. ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Philadelphia Eagles could still win that division, and yet somehow it feels like the sky is falling and the walls are closing in and the wheels have completely fallen off here for Philadelphia down the stretch. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Let's talk about these Philadelphia Eagles. Anthony Gargano, creator and host of the All City Network, kind enough to join us, and Anthony Thanks, as always. I want to start with you with Jalen Hurts, because a lot of people calling this a down season for Jalen. And is it a down season for Jalen, or was last season an up season for Jalen? Because if you pull the numbers, I mean, this season isn't really down when you compare it to the first couple seasons from Jalen in the NFL outside of the interceptions. Yeah, Amber, as I duck the sky, because <laughs> it's, it's it cold. really is falling right here. <laughs> uh Listen, I, I think Jalen Hurts is a terrific quarterback, all right? But he has not played as well down the stretch over these last five games. He hasn't been as dynamic as he was last year. Uh, I think, you know, he still shows you what a terrific weapon he is. But there's little things, right? Like, he's not as involved in the run game as he was last year, which I think really helped their run game. Uh, he There was a throw, and that Devontae Smith's should have made the catch, but it was it was much much more difficult. He was a little bit late. Jay was a little bit late, and the throw was more toward the sideline. It should have been out that Devontae can run under it. It was just a little bit of an illustration on what's going on with Jalen. Honestly, I think it's more about the change losing Shane Steichen as the offense coordinator. I think Brian Johnson's come in, and Brian and Jalen are, are pretty close. But look, I, I think Steichen has shown you how good he is with the job he did in Indianapolis. And I, I think the offense is struggling a little bit. I also think that over the they hit a wall and they had that gauntlet of a schedule where they beat Dallas, they beat Kansas City on a Monday night, they beat Buffalo, and then the wheels came off. And, and I think right now they're really trying to find their way. And the other thing that's, that's real, that is real concern, is just their defense. Like, Amber, their back seven is not good. And right now, they're car- we all knew that they would be carried by their front, and I think their front is gassed. Anthony Gargano, creator and host All City Network with us. Um, Anthony, you brought up the issues on the back end of the defense. How-, how much does effort play into the problems that they're having back there? I don't think it's an effort thing, honestly, bro. I- I, I think it's it's more talent. Look, Howie Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, is a magician. He he does such a great job. He the issue is sometimes I think we all fall in love with all right. Well, if we if there's a hole, I'll fill it during the season. And he's tried to fill the holes. Kevin Byer comes in right. Most recently, Shaq Leonard. And there's a reason why the, the, the guys are available, right? And I, I think the, the safeties, 
the Eagles never spent money on linebacker and safety. I think that's kind of hurting them a little bit. Uh, you know, Slade's been hurt, which is also they lost their slot corner uh, early in the season. So, like, all these things kind of play into it. Jalen Carter, who I think is a terrific player, is going to be a great player. But, look, he's a rookie, and I think he hit a bit of a wall. you got some veterans. Uh, Jordan Davis hasn't uh, really come in and done what we expected him to do. Being that number one pick, he's not ineffective in the in, in, when, when a five-man front and in the passing game. He gets you no rush. So I think there's some issues on that side of the ball, like real issues. When you're facing a quarterback that can dart you down the field, I think that's when they're most vulnerable. You mentioned there, Anthony, that they miss Steichen at OC. Uh, do they also miss Gannon here at DC? Is that part of the problem? Because it's funny, coming off of that Super Bowl performance, I mean, people, I felt like, wanted to run Jonathan Gannon out of town, and then all of a sudden that defense has looked like even a bigger problem than that offense has looked. But they did lose five starters on defense as well. So was it more the change in terms of the coordinators, you think? Yeah, I think it's more personnel in terms of the fall than off, I mean, listen. Okay. Yeah, I think it's more. I think it's way more personnel. Hey, look, that... Everything, when you look at the front, the front was dominant last year. Hargrave was terrific. He got replaced. You know, Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Graham, two really veterans, like all-time Eagles, three-year-older, right? You know, now Hassan Reddick gets doubled constantly. So I think it was all about the front last year. And the other thing, too, is they're playing a first-place schedule, and they're playing good quarterbacks. And you saw, like, and listen, Gannon has done a, a, a nice job in Arizona and the whole thing, but his defense got picked apart by really good quarterbacks, and you saw what Mahomes did in the Super Bowl against that defense. They, Purdy got hurt early in the championship game, and before that they played the Giants. So they weren't tested at home field. They weren't tested by that real good quarterback. And I think they ran into Prescott twice. They ran into Purdy. They ran into Josh Allen. They ran into Mahomes. And, you know, that's that's going to do a number on their defense. I've heard some cryptic things coming out of Philadelphia about Nick Sirianni. Anthony, are you hearing any buzz about his future, or you think he's firmly entrenched? Uh, you know, I hear it, too. I, I, I find it, like, crazy to think that you would even consider replacing Dariani. I, I think it's the height of overreaction. He, and think about this, right? His first year, he's got no, nothing, and he makes the playoffs. His second year, he's in the Super Bowl. He loses both his coordinators after two years. I, I, I think it's the height of overreaction to even think about, like, oh, Sirianni in a hot seat. I mean, like, sometimes we're way too rash. I hear it. I also hear that. If something ever did happen with Sirianni, that uh, the Chargers would love it and hire him in, in a second. Uh, I think that would be a completely foolish move. Now, one of the reasons why you're hearing that, too, is that they replaced Doug Peterson, who had an issue. Uh, Doug wins the Super Bowl. The franchise's first Super Bowl. He has an issue with losing his coordinators, can't get, those, can't get them replaced, and gets relieved of his duty. So, I think that's kind of why you're hearing that stuff. Uh, in the end, I don't think a move like that is made. Uh, I would be shocked, uh, and I, I think it would be foolish. 
you lose your coordinators because you're so good. Uh, it seems insane to me. I mean, 34 and 16 is the head coach I mean, ever, of I mean, the Eagles. Plus, uh, it's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, weren't plus they an NFC won, like five minutes ago? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I know. It, they started the season 10 and 1. Now they've been 1 and 4 <laughs> since then. And, right. and again, like I said, uh, when I was bringing you in, like it feels like the wheels are falling off, but they could still yeah, win this division. Anthony Gargano, greeter and host of the All City Network. One of the weirder things, though, this week has been the smoke around A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown felt the need to come out and essentially defend Nick Sirianni and say that uh, Sirianni had basically lied to the media and he was. He covering up what the players had messed up in the last loss. Yeah. Why does Anthony AJ Brown, why do you feel like that he, or maybe you don't, does he always seem unhappy to you? Like what is the, what is the <laughs> deal there with AJ Brown? AJ is a great player, right? He's just, he's such a big personality, uh, very emotional guy. I, I, and he's a, I mean, look, if not for CD lamb, He's the second best receiver in the NFC. I mean, he, he's so good. Uh, he's also sometimes, you know, emotional. And I think that's kind of where what's going on right now. And you guys understand, this is the first time that this particular group, this team, this group of players is going through this kind of adversity. And it came out of nowhere, right? Like, it was a, it was a, it's almost a blindside shot that they've taken and I do. I don't think they kind of know how to react to it. I think that's the. You know, all of a sudden there's booze like that. That would never have happened, right? You just come off the Super Bowl. You're ten and one. You're feeling great, and then all of a sudden you're getting booed off the field and losing to Arizona. So I, I think this whole thing is just kind of when things kind of get out of control a little bit. And even Nick, I don't think Nick's himself. Usually he's very personable and you know easygoing. He feels kind of tense to me right now. I think that I think the whole team feels kind of tense. Anthony, gut feeling. How does it end for the Eagles this year? They, if you think the Dallas wins in Washington and the Eagles play Tampa, I, I think they have enough to beat Tampa. Now Baker can hurt them. We saw him a couple of weeks ago. He was perfect, so he can hurt their secondary. I mean, you got two great receivers. Right, and, and that is a Godwin. But I, I think they win a playoff game, and then I, I don't see them right now. I don't see them beating San Francisco, Dallas, and you know, even a team like the Rams with those kinds of weapons would really hurt them. I think you know it's all about the, who the opposing quarterback is, because I don't think the offense can can just over can win a shootout like that. <laughs> you sound scared of the Bucks. Anthony, I mean, I feel like that's that, not a good sign that when you're stating. Yeah, that's not well, a Baker good sign. Mayfield that's... might be hurting. If we talked to you <laughs> yeah. five weeks ago, you wouldn't be saying Baker Mayfield could hurt. No, the I was the not. I, I would not. However, if it was the Rams, I would be petrified. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, here's the oh. problem. They're, they're not getting to the quarterback, right? Yeah. They're, they're yeah. not disrupting the quarterback. Kyler Murray played terrific against them the other day, right? They control Arizona controlled the football. I mean, there was a turnover, the pick six that the Eagles had with Sidney Brown, but they controlled the football on them. That's a problem. And the way the secondary is and the way they're tackling is, I don't know that they can, hand, they, they can stand up to an Evans. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but 
I, I, you know, and that, that's their best matchup, right? Every other matchup, they lose. Uh, I I'm think the, ultimately the win, you know, but uh, I, I am worried. I, I'm up against the clock here, but I'm curious. So then if the, if by some chance the commanders end up beating the Cowboys, if the Eagles end up winning this division this weekend, does your attitude change at all? Well, it helps that you're going to get home field, right? So, like, that helps. But, no, they're not, play, they're not playing well, and their defense is a worry. And ultimately, yeah. I don't think they can overcome their defense to get back to the Super Bowl. Anthony Gargano, creator and host of the All City Network. Check him out. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, great talking to you guys. Have a great night. Coming up next, we will get into the Philadelphia Eagles a bit ourselves because there is a lot to unpack when it comes to that team and plenty of things to get to around the NFL as we head into week 18. Philadelphia Eagles are in a postseason. You would think that that in and of itself would, would make people happy, right? And then they're still in a position here, headed into week 18. They could win the division. It's unlikely. Eh. It's probably going to be the Dallas Cowboys. But they're there, right? They could theoretically still win that division. You would think that would make people happy. When you've got 11 wins, you would think that would make people happy. None of it feels happy right now in Philly. Ain't none of it feeling happy. Amber, how did both Dallas and Philly lose to Arizona? Like, they have four wins on the year, and two of them are the two of the three or four best teams in the NFC. It's a weird phenomenon. I will say, I don't think it's as crazy as people make it to lose to your former coordinator ever, right? Because he's going to have more information on your team. And then Kyler Murray being healthy now, and Kyler has shown here at the end of the season that, you know, maybe he does have some promise. That's a whole other conversation moving forward about whether they're going to actually move forward with him there in Arizona. But I, 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 you know, listen, things happen, right? Bleep happens in the NFL, but it doesn't feel like with the Cowboys, you can be like, okay, bleep happens, right? With Philadelphia, when it's one and four at the end right. of the season, yeah. it doesn't feel like bleeps happen. Like now this feels like this is who the Eagles are all of a sudden. Right. And I, you know, it all kind of started when they made the change at defensive coordinator. They demote Sean Desai and they promote Matt Patricia into that role. Amber, when you are changing coordinators in December, you usually aren't going to a very good place. You know what I mean? Like by December, you sort of are who you are. And if you're in first place, you're supposed to be rounding into playoff form, not having enough dysfunction going on in the building that you make a change at one of the coordinator spots. To me, that was really eye-opening when was the first moment I was like, man, something with the Eagles just doesn't smell right. And still the whole culture and vibe around the team. Like you could look at the record and say what they did in the playoffs last year. And yes, they are still in the postseason. But just if you watch them, their body language, that's why I asked about effort. Like to me, they just don't have the same level of connectedness that they had last year. And it feels like there's more going on inside that building than maybe meets the eye. If Philadelphia wins this weekend against the New York Giants and Dallas loses against the Washington Commanders, then Philadelphia right. wins that division. And that right. makes things a look, a look, of course, a little yeah. different in a postseason because yeah. you're at home. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it makes things look different enough 
frankly, because you're right. This is not this is not the story that we normally see. And we don't see the story where the team then goes into December and they're in first place and then everything falls apart. And then, oh, by the way, they collect themselves in a postseason. You know, where is that story? And I think that's the concern if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Now, the story overall, if we just step back and look at the season from a macro perspective, if you had told me that the Eagles were going to be 11 and five as we head into week 18, I would have said, Oh, okay, yeah, that's about right. That I, I would have yeah. Legit. That sounds about right. Eagles probably, you know, Cowboys probably going to win the division. That's that's what I would have thought. You know, that is what I predicted, frankly, before the season started. And the Eagles right there. That sounds about right to me. But it's the way that yeah. the eleven and five. If I had told you at ten out. and one that they were going to be eleven and five, right. you'd have said that's what? The problem. You'd have said what yeah. the heck is going on there? So the story of how the season unfolds matters. Amber, I'm trying to figure out the team that I think could realistically knock off San Francisco, and I don't think it's Philadelphia unless Brock Purdy and their other two quarterbacks get hurt again in a conference championship game. I can't take the Eagles seriously as a Super Bowl contender when they got a defense that's the worst third-down defense in the NFL. Like, those two things just don't correlate to me. I can't take Dallas seriously because there's no way I could see them going into San Francisco and winning. I can't take the Lions seriously. It feels like it's the first time around, and I, I just, I don't know if they're quite on that level yet. I mean, Tampa, I don't, so I've sort of landed here. I think the team with the best shot of going into San Francisco and winning is the Los Angeles Rams. They yeah. always play them tough. They're a division team. I don't know that that matchup ever even potentially really ever comes to fruition, but maybe it would. To potential divisional round matchup if they could pull the upset over Detroit with Matt Stafford going back there. Um, and I think they're the team to me that in my own like ESPN bet rankings of teams that I could see winning the NFC, I've actually got the Rams right now as the second choice. Well, the Rams are playing the 49ers this week, so we'll get a taste of that potential matchup, right? The Rams It's the Carson Wentz-Sam Darnold version of this matchup. I know. The Rams sitting second in the NFC West. The Rams at 9-7 and this season, and that's the team that you're scared of. And when we had Anthony Gargano on with us minutes ago, he referenced the Rams. If it's the Rams, I'm terrified of that matchup for Philadelphia. I think that's just where people are right now with the Rams. Because it's Matthew Stafford, because yeah. it's Sean McVay, yeah. because it seems so scary. Puka. Because they are, because they're, do- oh yes, because they're doing this with, with him. I mean, he looks like the next comedy. He's blowing out every stat out of the water for a rookie, rookie wide receiver. And then on top of that, you have a defense there outside of one name on that defense. When we went into the season, none of us could name a single player on that defense. And so, we didn't expect anything from Los Angeles, I think, going into this season. And the fact that they are going to find themselves in a postseason yeah, I think they is were surprising. Over, they, they were kind of and we're kind of overstating it at this point. I, I like, just we're all, like, like we're too shocked by it. We're all yeah, jumping I, on the Rams bandwagon. I like the direction of them and where they are right now heading into the playoffs more than I like the Eagles. I also like that you called sort of indirectly, but I'd be fascinated to see it. Puka Nakua, a Wookiee. Wide receiver. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I get nervous around that name. Can you generally. Imagine, You're the one you who said the Chewbacca name, but it gave me Ajita. Going out on pass routes, a Wookiee wide receiver is something yeah. I would definitely sign up to see. A lot of size for that Wookiee ride, rece- Wookie, <laughs> Wookie ride receiver. 
Oh, I get nervous. I get nervous around that one. And I'm going to have to not be nervous saying that name because it's the name I'm going to be saying for years to come. It shouldn't be shocking that a Sean McVay team is good. It shouldn't be shocking that a Matthew Stafford team is good. But it was Stafford, you know, what is he, 35 right now? I mean, he's not even that old at that quarterback position, but we all no. feel like it with Matthew Stafford because we've been watching him play for so long and also because of the injuries here the last couple of years. It felt like the end for Stafford. And then this season, it's very clearly not the end for Matthew Stafford. And that's terrifying people. And, and sure, they've got the championship pedigree behind them. And they've got the experience. Now that team looks very different than the team that won the Super Bowl, but it's still Matthew Stafford and it's still Sean McVay. And you're going to be concerned about that team. Philadelphia was in a Super Bowl last season. And yet with the way things have trended, I think a lot less people are concerned about them as we head into a postseason, which is wild to say. Also wild to say is many things here on ESPN Radio. More coming up next with Aaron Goldhammer.